today's episode, I have a very special guest and friend, Tiffany Lee Bymaster, aka Coach Glitter. We're talking about how can you use live video in your service-based business to land clients. Let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Scale Store family, I am so excited today because I have Tiffany on here. You may know her as Coach Glitter. I know her as a good friend, and I have loved learning from Tiffany as well. But I'm super excited because we're chatting all about how to use live video to increase your impact and your audience. And can we even use live video as service providers? Tiffany, I'm super excited you're here. Please tell my audience a little bit about who you are as a person and then about your business. Thanks so much for having me here. And I just have to tell you, I have loved getting to know you over the years and seeing like how both of us are growing up in the online marketing space and building our businesses and our brand. And it's so important to surround yourself with people who won't let you, you know, play small and reach for those huge, crazy, big dreams together. So it's been amazing to see your skyrocketing business. Um, I actually started before I was in the online space. I had 20 years of experience working in the production world as a makeup artist, wardrobe stylist, and set designer. I worked in film, television, commercials, tons of infomercials. And that's where I met some of the people that turned into just like us, they grew up and they went from being offline personalities to growing social media empires. And I was the person behind the scenes. That was until six years ago, I stopped hiding behind the camera and I did my very first live video on Periscope and it completely changed my life. And so that was just a little over six years ago. I didn't even know what this crazy, amazing online space was about. And in those six years since that horrible first Periscope live video where I stayed on for like another 10 minutes and didn't know I was live. It was in my pocket. I was backstage at a live at at a huge event with one of my clients who forced me to get on camera. She's like, you have to stop hiding from the world. You have so much to say and so much to share. And so this is unlike, you know, I mean, most most people we're teaching the very thing that we needed to overcome the most, and we're teaching how we did it. And so video for me, specifically live video has completely changed my business. And I have created my signature program in the process. It's called Lights Camera Branding, and it helps digital business owners, online business owners, use the power of live video to grow an engaged audience. It's not about the vanity numbers, but having real community, real connection, and not just grow it during your launches, but the most important parts, which is what you are doing to build your business, your audience, your expertise, before and after your launches so that you lower your ad costs and you increase sales. And that's what I'm passionate about and had no idea that this was even within me when I started six years ago. Oh, I love that. And I always love to hear how people got started in the online space because it's Mm -hmm. always so different. 
So Tiffany, tell us, you know, my audience is service providers and we are used to hiding behind the scenes, just like you talked about and working in other people's business. Do you think there's a place for us to use live video? And specifically, we're talking about Facebook lives and Instagram lives, I would assume. But is there a place for us to use live video in a service-based business? Absolutely. And I think what's going to make your service-based business stand out is to show the humanity. Who is the human behind the business? And this is true not just for the people that you serve and the amazing people that are listening right now, but really think about this. Why do we know who Elon Musk is, even though Tesla and SpaceX are such huge brands? Why do we know who, you know, do we know the creator of Apple? Of course we do. Who's the person that created Amazon? So you have these big brands, global brands, but we also know who the, the human is the creator of them because they're the personality. They're the creators. We love the backstory. We love how they started as a service provider. The exact same thing holds true. If you stand out from the sea of competitors, and I truly don't really even believe in competitors. There's lots of other people who do the same thing and offer the same services. But what makes you stand out is who you are, your personality. That's going to be something that's polarizing. Not everyone's going to love you. And that is a beautiful thing. And not only will you attract more of the ideal, perfect, amazing unicorn clients, you are going to love your business so much more because of the way that you show up. So you're not just going to be a website. You're not just going to be a client list. They're hiring you because they get to work with you. So I know the next question that's going to come up then is, well, what the heck do I even say on these lives? If they're trying to fall in love with me, am I talking about my dog or am I talking about my business? Oh, that's such a great question. And I think this is totally true for not just your live video content, but your overall social media strategy with the content that you're sharing. So if you look at your business and you look at your personality and you look at what you want to be known for, that's truly what a personal brand is. It's how people describe who you serve, how you do it, and the way that you do it when you're not in the room. It's your brand reputation. And so we want to get super clear about that. So no, we don't want to always talk about our kids or our dogs or the peanut butter jelly sandwich that we ate for lunch because nobody cares about that unless you're able to take any mundane everyday story like that and you turn it around and I call it whiffed. What's in it for them. W-I-I-T. What's in it F-T for them. (laughs) And if you look at everything that you create on social media, whether it's a live video or any piece of content, ask yourself that question at the end. Why am I sharing this? Why does it matter to them? Why is it relatable to them? Is it to simply show a little bit more of my personality? Is it to show my style? Because if they love my style, my personality, they're going to love working with me even more. And that's what separates you. So when you're looking at your content, think of all the things. You're so close to it that it's so easy that it often escapes us. So if you feel like you don't know what to share, start being super conscientious about the conversations that you have with your favorite clients. I'm willing to bet that your favorite clients usually ask you the same 10 or so questions over and over and over again. So much so that you probably, if you don't already, you might have an FAQs on your website because you get the same questions over and over and over again. Those are great jumping off points to create your first 
10, 15, 20 live video topics. And the more you create those topics, the more they make little babies. One idea turns into another idea and another idea and another idea. And what I love about service providers is that you started your business for a reason. You started because you have talents and gifts and the ability to work with other people. Yet most of us, it is so common that we hide behind our laptops and our offices and we don't really have a name and a personality on social media to show the human behind the brand. And so by doing this just once a week, and Brandy knows I'm not about like doing video every single day. I think in the beginning stages, when you first start out, the intention and the the reasons why you do live video is very different for your first 5, 10, 15. It's just to get those first initial terrible, they're supposed to be terrible live videos out of the way. It's you getting familiar with where the heck to look, what to say, even remembering what your own name is, those are the most important things. And then we get really intentional, even more intentional with why we're showing up, how we're showing up with the call to actions as we get more comfortable with the apps, with how to do video, getting familiar with where the buttons are. We're getting over all of those things and then we get to be good, but you're supposed to be bad. And then your goal is to suck less before you get to be good. Oh, I love this so much because one of the things that you said is you got to suck before you can get really good at it. And I am, uh, I was so scared to do lives. I remember when we were chatting, I heard you on a podcast and I started doing lives on Facebook. And I was like, I have like 200 people on my fan page. Like no one is coming to watch these videos. And I just showed up and they were bad, but they got so much better. And you don't know this, Tiffany, but I actually got critiqued by Jasmine Starr. And I like, <laughs> yes. And I was in tears, like should never oh. had applied for it. Cause she was like, this is a horrible video. And it was just because like, I hadn't taken your program yet. I was waiting around for people to show up. I was like, okay, wait, are we live? Can anyone hear me? Oh, Hey, there you are. And then I got to it. And yeah. then Jasmine like did a critique and it was like, oh, this is bad. You should have started with the hook. And I was like, I got to get better at these. And yeah. so I know that this is a fear, not that Jasmine Star is going to come like tell you how bad your video is, <laughs> but it's a fear that yes, people totally. will think that your videos are really bad. So yeah. can you give a few tips on how to make sure that your video is not like <laughs> Jasmine Star bashing your video bad from the beginning. Uh, she's such a sweetheart. We I know. We were mastermind no. for years and we're good friends. And you know what? It's one of, you volunteered for it, right? Yeah, so I like, volunteered for it. So yeah, I'm okay. totally okay with it. <laughs> it's just such a funny story because I was like, wait, sometimes we ask for criticism and we actually don't want the criticism. Totally. So I've it's been a good too. learning lesson. And I love her so much. She, it's so funny because I actually did reach out to her a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Hey, boo-boo, if you have any time and you feel like it, and I'm in her program as well since the beginning, and I've taught in there too, I was like, you know what? I, I feel a little stuck. I've been doing Instagram for seven years. Just in the beginning, I thought it was a photo editing app. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing uh, right or wrong, but nothing's working. So feel free to rip me a new one and uh, critique my Instagram. So she's like, oh, I will critique it. And so, but she's done the same with other people. Like check out my LinkedIn. I don't know much about it. Let me know. So anyways, we all need those people. She always does it out of love. And so do I, I think I have more of a gentler approach just because when you talk about the fears of doing live video, 
I really feel like I'm the poster child for somebody who was so deathly afraid of not just being on video, but really sharing my thoughts, just having a voice and an opinion outside of my initial skill set. I thought, you know, I don't have to speak a lot to be a great makeup artist. It's like, here's my work. Look at it. Look at what I do to my clients. And this is why I had some of the most amazing clients and I still do with a tiny percentage of my business, which is still the service provider. And they choose me because I rarely would talk a lot because they're preparing to speak on stage or be on national television or be on video themselves. And so I was really good at reading the room and reading people's energies. And you rarely heard me. I was not the person that's doing their makeup or their hair or styling them and just being yappy, yappy, yappy because I really saw how people need to concentrate. So all that to say, when you're preparing to do your first few live videos, give yourself the grace, like I said before, just be bad. Nobody, including the Jasmine stars. I remember her first live videos on Periscope too. And yours, oh my gosh, I've known you for so long and you've been in my programs and I didn't know that you started that way either. And I love that you share that. This is why I share and remind people, even though I have done to this day over six years, over 1,200 live videos, we lost count of how many live videos I've done. And you know, like the hours that I spend on my coaching calls and Zooms, and I'm on video all the time. But I was terrible too. And my video was not only sideways, but it stayed on and it was in my pocket for 10 minutes. So nobody out there can beat me for the first worst live video. And if I can be doing what I'm doing to create a five, six, seven, now a multi seven figure business, and I started off that bad, knowing that we're not supposed to be good, give yourself the grace to suck. But here's what you can do to stack the odds in your favor. Because live video isn't brand new like it was when I started. But the beautiful thing is know this too. There's no expectation for perfection on live video the way edited videos are. And just by knowing that, you're stacking the odds in your favor. But here's how you can make sure that that thing that I talked about, whiffed, what's in it for them? What you could do is to make sure that you value your audience's time. So what you need to do is show up by, number one, having a topic. You're not just going to show up and be like, um, so I heard I'm supposed to be doing these videos. I have nothing of value. I don't respect your time. That's not what you're saying, but that is what you're saying. And so have a topic. Just know the topic and three simple bullet points about that topic. And in the first 5, 10, 15 videos that you do, your goal is to remember who you are, who you serve, how you do it, what your name is. You're going to forget those things. I still forget those things. And you're going to develop that muscle memory. And so start off with sharing what the title or the topic, the hook, like what's in it for them. And then your hook's going to get better later. I didn't start off with a hook in the beginning. I could barely remember my name when we went live. And that's okay. And then you will get better and better and better with consistency. Because whether we're talking about speaking or whether we're talking about building your business... Remember when you started your service business? You weren't the person that you are today. You didn't have the experience. You weren't supposed to. But especially with something like video and speaking, it's a skill. It's a skill that none of us were born with. Sometimes there's some outliers who are naturally great speakers and they're just naturally charismatic, but that's why they're the outliers. They're not the normal ones. The rest of us, we know going in, we're going to come prepared. We're going to know what our topic is. We're going to come with three little bullet points. And you know what? 
put it onto a sticky note and stick it right there on your screen. However, you're going live, put it as close to without blocking the camera hole, your camera lens and glance down at them. Use your notes, put them on a card and stick them on your hand. Even on television shows, when they're interviewing people, they have notes. It's okay to have notes. One day you probably won't need them, but you got to start somewhere. And again, this is a muscle just like with fitness that we're developing stronger and stronger and stronger. I love this. So just so everyone knows, I got have your topic, your hook, introduce yourself, and then get into the three simple bullet points. And I think that's Mm -hmm. such an amazing formula for anyone just getting started to go on. And just a reminder, y'all, like Tiffany had a bad experience. I had several bad videos in the beginning. I've had lots of that. (laughs) I did too. And the great thing is like, no one remembers those. Like no one remembers those. And also I love how you said, put the post-it notes up near the camera hole. So here's the other camera hole. How technical is that? (laughs) Oh, I call it that too. So it's totally fine. But here's the deal. Y'all see my videos and everyone comments and wants to know like how I get the blurry background and all that Uh stuff. You do not need that. I did not have that when I started out. I still don't need that, but I love like tech and software and stuff like that. So that's one of my things. But even Tiffany, you don't use a a fancy camera and fancy lens and all of that, do you? I don't even own one. And at this point, I don't own one on purpose because I want to be the proof for you guys that you can create amazing live videos. You can more, way more importantly, impact so many more lives without needing the fancy tech, which is awesome. And I can, I can definitely afford to have all of that. But to me and my personal philosophy, when it comes to live streaming is that keep your tech simple, focus instead on delivering live impact, like live videos with massive impact and use your content to drive that impact. Focus your energy on that. And then when you get to where Brandy is, and she's been doing this for years now, then upgrade if you want to. But that's not what makes or breaks the business. It's not being perfectly polished. And even more so, like if you're looking at the trends with overall social media, if you're looking at the types of ads that typically perform the best, I... I'm in several masterminds. I have amazing people that I have access to, people who have spent millions of dollars on ads. And I have created all different types of ads, which really are a great way to test your cold market. And we have created super polished photos and janky like selfie photos. And I've done walk and talk videos that are vertical as well as polished produced videos for ads. And guess what? 80% of the time, it's not the polished stuff that performs. It's the stuff that doesn't feel like an ad. It's the stuff that feels like a live video because what do we love about live video? And why do I emphasize that anybody who has a passion for serving and wants to gain more visibility in whatever type of niche you have, but especially for all of us service providers that typically are in our comfort zone and love to hide behind our business that with live video, it humanizes your brand. It shows everybody who you are. It's like having a regular conversation instead of a script. And it's the stuff that people resonate with. 
So that's why I feel like it is the the gateway drug into massive business explosion. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're not supposed to even be good in the beginning. And you get to develop that skill. Your copywriting will become better. My best ideas just fall out of my face without even expecting it to. My best taglines, me speaking to my audience, you start to have a two-way conversation. And most likely, most of us and most of my students, we don't have a huge audience when we're starting. This is what builds the audience. So it is another blessing in disguise that most likely you're not going to have a lot of people watching your videos live. They're probably going to watch the replay. And even the sucky ones where you're like, this is awful, or other people tell you it's awful, or, or, or your videos sideways, do not delete them keep them because not if, but when, my friend, when you are at a stage where you're crushing it and you're so much more confident and you built those confidence muscles for doing video and live video, you're going to look back and you're going to remind everybody in your audience that is just like you right now listening to me going, I this sounds good, but I'm still so fearful that you're going to have people just like you right now, all of you guys that I'm talking to that are holding yourselves back and hiding and not doing video and you want to grow your business, but you also don't want to be more visible. It's the craziest thing. It doesn't work that way. You're going to remember what it feels like in this moment right now, listening to me and Brandy, doing it with a shaky voice, with shaky knocking knees. You're going to do it anyway. So keep those bad videos. And when you're on those stages doing those big videos, doing those huge launches, you're going to have evidence of how you started to. And just playing off of that, no one follows you or watches your video because you have a blurry background or great audio. <laughs> I like, mean, I do love your videos are so pretty. <laughs> but you don't stay around and hang out because of that. It draws people in, but it's the value that's provided during that that makes yeah. people stay. And another thing that I want to chat about real quick is just the fact that, like you said, when you're just getting started, like no one's watching, it's the best time <laughs> to like fail. But also I want to chat about the authority that having a show, and it doesn't matter if it's a podcast show, a Facebook live show, an Instagram show, a YouTube show, whatever you want to call it. But it's something about how we view these shows that I feel like soon as someone says they have a podcast, a YouTube show, or like a Facebook show, like it breeds automatic authority. People think just because you have a show, like you know exactly what you're talking about. Have you seen this happen? Absolutely. And this is why I have a show, a weekly show. So when you commit to do any kind of content. And you know, I'm always going to be the proponent for live video, but whatever your chosen weekly consistent piece of content is, it shows people that you are reliable, that they can subscribe to you, that you're always going to show up with great value. Now I've been doing this for live video specifically for over five years. And so I have over six years. And so at this point, we do a weekly live Facebook show and I don't do them every single week anymore. I used to. I used to do multiple times a week in the beginning, three times a week to build my audience that first initial six months to a year. And then we scaled back to two. And then now we do once a week. And then we do them now as seasons. But you can't look at my chapter 55 to your chapter one or two. This is what we graduated to because we created the consistency. We know that we have a rhythm to the business and we know how to use content and repurpose our content, which 
you don't start with that on day one. You graduate to that. But initially, it does give you so much more credibility because it sets you apart again from the sea of competitors out there. It always seems like it's crowded when you start, but there are very, very few people. I want to say like less than 5% of the people who are as committed as you, who are willing to do the things that the other 95% are not willing to do. And that's consistency. Ask anybody who has made it and not just made it, but has created a successful business that thrives year over year over year. We are media companies. Whether you understand that or believe that yet or not, we're publishing companies. We're publishing content. We are content creators, even if you don't identify as an influencer. I don't, but we are. We do influence people. And so creating that one piece of consistent weekly content is absolutely going to set you apart from everybody else. But I will argue... We're on a podcast right now. It's a beautiful thing. I love seeing people doing more video podcasts or every now and then, maybe not for every single one, simulcasting it to Facebook or YouTube or even now on Clubhouse, which is a whole nother thing and a whole nother conversation for another day. But figure out how you can show up consistently every single week. But I will tell you, for those of you who are starting to really build your brand and your business, and you're going to start running ads for yourself, not just for your clients, if that's what you do as a service provider, I'm going to make the argument that no other platform will give you the back-end benefits like Facebook. Number one, nobody gets as many views on the live as they will get on the replay, whether it's organic or or paid. And if you put a little bit of money into it, literally $5 a day for a few weeks before your launch, you're going to be able to stack the odds in your favor when you guys start doing your course offers, because you're going to have more custom audiences that you can retarget later on for your, for your launches instead of doing what most people do. You can only build custom audiences from your website traffic, from your email list, from your customer list, from events on Facebook. That's a newer thing. Those are the only ways. And so if you can't check off all those different ways to create custom audiences, then what you're going to be doing is you're relegated to doing what everybody else is doing, which is creating behavior audiences, the people that, you know, I'm going to target Marie Forleo along with everybody else. And so you're competing against what everybody else is doing instead of setting yourself apart by creating more custom audiences. And that, my friend, is the flip-flop in my my why, my intentions for continuing to do Facebook when so many people are chasing all the fancy squirrels. Are there fancy squirrels? Shiny squirrels, shiny objects, all the squirrels, whatever they are, the fancy, shiny, sparkly squirrels. And they're everywhere else. And I'm like, the number one thing that I did right in my business for the past six years was stay laser focused and go deep when other people were going everywhere and scattered. I love that. And so talking about scattered, we're going to wrap this up in a minute, but talking about scattered, you know, I love the podcast for building a deep relationship mm-hmm. and it is not something that's easy to grow by any means. Um, cause there's no real good way to grow it besides sending it out to my email list. But with video, you can totally run ads behind it. Like you were talking about YouTube is SEO optimized. And so now we have this other thing called Clubhouse. And so (laughs) my question, because it keeps coming up and you brought up Clubhouse and I don't want to go down a long tangent on this, but do you, and I have my thoughts and I'll share those as well, but do you think that Clubhouse replaces video? Oh, heck no. Just like it doesn't replace podcasts or anything else. 
it's a beautiful marriage with whatever your one piece of consistent weekly content is. And as of the time that we're recording this right now, it is still too brand new. It is a brand newborn baby. Most of us, I've only been on it, let's see, for five and a half weeks. And I've had an amazing five and a half weeks. And I'm committed to just testing and experimenting with it for six months because it's it's still too new. And I don't have like this crazy strategic plan for how I'm using it. I'm just using it to test it out, which is exactly how I started using Periscope and built my business on Periscope. But I quickly left Periscope the second, literally the second that I heard that Facebook was coming up with live video. And the very first live video I actually saw when it, w- it when it was open, it was The Rock. And at that point for about three months, it wasn't available to anybody and everybody. It was only available to select celebrities with the blue check mark because they were slowly rolling it out. And so... I have the same kind of feel with the potential of Clubhouse, but Clubhouse, no matter how big it gets, I definitely would encourage every serious business owner to look at their bandwidth and what you have on your plate. And, you know, a lot of people have different life circumstances, business circumstances, but I wouldn't count it out, but I wouldn't put all your money on one platform, anyways. I do keep everything streamlined. Again, I don't chase the fancy, sparkly, glittery squirrels. But I always tell my students, don't be everywhere when you first start. That is a formula for disaster and burnout. But pick your primary social media platform, a secondary social media platform. And my only caveat with that normal primary, secondary uh, rule is to make space to test out Clubhouse because it's definitely a viable new emerging platform with massive potential. It has done huge things for my business in such a short period of time, but I'm not abandoning what's already working to replace it with Clubhouse. I love that. And I have the same feeling about Clubhouse is one, it's easy. You don't have to have makeup on. You don't have to do, you know, like it's the entry level. Like you can just jump in, be you show up. My other thing with Clubhouse, though, that really irritates me is like there is no repurposing this. Like once it's gone, it's gone. And right now it is. Yeah. Right. And for me, that's like, ugh, I'll jump on after Riley goes to bed or something, but I can't put business hours into that when it's not something yeah. that I can use later. Exactly. And so that's my big thing. I think that's where video always will trump that. And mm-hmm. so as of right now, I'm like, play around with it. It's done. We've had great success with it, but it's not something that I'm putting all my eggs in the basket. I'll be totally honest. The reason why I'm on it right now is because I'm a massive introvert, as you know, but I also thrive when I get to talk about topics that I'm so passionate about, it brings out my inner extrovert. And being in this pandemic that in the US at least at the time of this recording, it's we can we're not there yet. It's still going to be around for a bit. And I'm really feeling the the exhaustion from the pandemic and missing out on mastermind retreats and I loved being able to go to live events just a few select ones a couple times a year plus my mastermind retreats which was only 3 times a year and that was just enough 
to spark that excitement and human factor that I need. And, and for someone who doesn't really love hugs, like I miss hugs and I miss seeing my friends and I miss my, my, all my other friends that live in Australia and Singapore and the UK. And it has really uh, filled that part that was just completely dehydrated in my life. And so, um, that's been a huge source of connection and networking for weirdo introverts like me who don't like to network anyways when I'm in an in-person live event in a room. I'm not great at it. Although anything that you're not great at, you just have to learn how to get better. And I've done that for the for the greater good of my business. I've done that. But I've been loving connecting. And even more importantly, because I've been so consistent on that platform as well, I'm making connections with people and getting in front of people that even if there was no pandemic, I don't know if I would be able to get in front of them or it would take a lot longer if ever. And so I've been making some amazing connection that really has directly impacted my business in massively huge ways. And this is where live video, all this preparation, these well over 10,000 hours of doing live videos, well over 1,200 live videos, individual live videos that I've done, I've done thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of hours on video. That was my practice time. And you doing all of your, your podcasts, this is another stage and another vehicle that we can step into that, that limelight that a lot of us shy away from, into that spotlight that we usually create for our clients. And this is where we get to develop our voice. Because I'm telling you guys, I was the girl behind the scenes for 20 plus years. I didn't even start my online business until I was 40. I'm 46 right now. Very proud of my age. I'm well-preserved. And I didn't even know that I had a marketing brain or a gift and talent. I'm like top-level marketing strategies and tactics. I didn't know that was within me. But because of live video, because I discovered I was a verbal processor, oh my gosh, so many of you guys don't even know don't even know what you don't know and all the gifts and the talents that are hidden and buried inside of you. And it's opportunities to be on podcast, to be on clubhouse, to be on video. And for me, all of those things culminated to give me a little bit more opportunities to shine in different ways, not just on video, but they work together. That's the most important thing. And so that's why I've been able to make such a huge impact fast and grow a really big audience fast on another platform because I've been I've been practicing for this for 60 years. It all it, this is what I believe is like there's no such thing as luck, but luck truly is where practice and preparation all intersect. And that's why I've been doing well. And if it's not going to be Clubhouse, it's going to be somewhere else. And so develop your skills, my friends. Whether you do it on live video or not, I think you're crazy. You're going to throw money away. Your ads are going to be more expensive. I know you guys want to also create multiple streams of income. I call it multiple streams of options. And if you're going to be a course creator and a successful one, you can't just think about creating the course, but how are you going to get that out there? You got to build those audiences. And that's where I'm always going to be your biggest pusher and proponent for Facebook Live on your business page, not your personal page, and not hiding inside groups either because you don't get the back end benefits the way that you get it on your business page. I love that. I oh love my God, that was a little preachy, but you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it was great. There's one more topic. My audience is going to be like, Brandy, this is the longest podcast episode you've ever done. But I <laughs> love the way that we're going with this. And I want to tap into one more conversation. And I did not prep you for this, so I apologize. 
So one thing that my audience is always asking is like, how do you get seen by like the people that you want to be seen by? And one of the things that I've always done, and I don't do it like strategically, it just, it's what it is, is when I hear and see people that I'm like, oh, dang, I want to be doing what they're doing or learning from them. I always buy their course and I'm always the A student or at least show up so they get to know me. This is how Rick and I became such great friends. And Tiffany, it was the same thing with you. I heard you on a podcast And then I was like, okay, I'm going to purchase through your affiliate link for another program. I'm going to show up. And then I purchased your program and showed up. Like if you, I feel like this is the best way to get to know people and for them to get to know you is by purchasing their program, getting results and sharing a testimonial. Oh my gosh. So I'm so glad you brought this up. This could be another topic. You can have me back as many times as you want because I just adore you. I love your audience and I just want them to win. But that's totally what I did as well. So if you guys have ever seen my face or get retargeted with an ad from Kajabi, it's usually my video. And that's been that way since I bought Kajabi even before I had a course. I bought it six months before I was quote unquote ready. And I was a founding member. Like, thank God I bought it when I was a founding member because I got like the deal of the century. But I'm one of their shining stars of what's possible to pivot from offline to online or from service-based to being a personal brand business. And I was also the A-plus student we could call this a thing. I w- And now I'm thinking back and I was like, I did it just like you without like a master plan, but this is what I did. I invested in my mentors and mentors from afar. And the way that I got on their radar was because I was the star student. Yes. Even with my clients like Shalene Johnson, I worked with her for over 11 years as her personal makeup artist and stylist and set designer. I worked with her for over 11 years as the service provider that nobody saw until she kept on shoving me in front of the camera and getting me on her podcast and encouraging me to do it. I could have gotten all her stuff for free, but I wouldn't let her give it to me for free because free 99. Number one, I knew I wouldn't take it seriously. And number two, I needed the fear of God of investing in like at her, one of her programs at the time was 997, $1,000. I didn't have $1,000 to waste or burn, but I needed to have that skin in the game so that I knew that I was going to finish it just the way that I invested in college and, you know, didn't do anything directly with it, but I have my four-year degree too. And so I would never ask my friends for free stuff. I invested in the programs that I legit wanted to learn from. And then it turned out I did take it seriously. And then it turned out I was the A plus student. And then it turned out that they asked me to be testimonials and then affiliates. And it that's my first dollar I made in the online space was as an affiliate. It wasn't with my products. It was years before I created my own products. And it got it was so much easier for me to be able to promote and sell other people's things that literally was the reason why I was able to uplevel my business and go to the next step and everything that I've learned, whether it's list building, everything that I've learned in my business, I've become the star student. So I'm often, I'm a testimonial for a lot of people. And it's because I am proof of what's possible. So if you want to get on people's radars, two things, yes, invest in their programs. Please don't ever reach out to people and I'm getting it right now. I probably get close to 100 DMs on Instagram because of Clubhouse. And I was just talking about this. 98% of the messages that I get, and I know that where they're coming from is totally 
not intended to be offensive or to make me feel a certain way, but 98% of the requests that I get messages are usually about what I can do for them and how they can pick my brain. Please don't ever ask to pick people's brain. I'm doing you the biggest favor right now. Even if initially you're like, oh my gosh, I feel called out. Please don't ever, ever, ever ask anybody who's reached any level of success to pick their brains because I invested a lot of time and money and effort to get to where I'm at. And my brain is expensive. My brain is worthy of being invested into. I give a ton of free stuff just like we are right now on this on this podcast. And if you're finding value in it, this is how we show up. But I will tell you, I will bend over backwards for that 2% of the people that reach out to me and clearly are not sending me a form letter that they replaced my name with somebody else's and they're sending out to everybody and it's so generic and they're pitching themselves. Instead, I can clearly see those 2% of the people who did five minutes of sleuthing, five minutes of research, checking out my website, checking out my podcast, checking out my Instagram, quickly going through it. Five minutes of work, I will bend over backwards when people clearly demonstrate that they are showing up. They did a little bit of research and they lead with how they can be of service to me, how they can support me. And then I want to reciprocate times 10. And nobody, almost nobody does that. I don't want to say nobody, but literally it's like 2% of the people. And I showed up that way. I never asked for free things. I never picked people's brains. I respected and cherished their time, their their expertise, their value. A lot of my clients didn't even know I had this side of me within me. Like Amy Porterfield, I've been her stylist for three years. But when we're in dressing rooms together or we're working together, I'm not talking about this stuff because I don't want her to feel like I'm pitching myself. And it wasn't until she heard me on Clubhouse that she invited me to her podcast. And we talked about it on her podcast about how funny is it that we've known each other for so long. We've been a masterminds. I've been her stylist, but I didn't really show up and voice my opinions and use my voice. And she's like, you're still hiding. And that's what I love about like, we're all a work in progress. So if you want to get on people's radars, be the best student, especially for people like Brandy and I, where we really highlight our students. If you look at my launches, you've barely seen me. I'm spending 98% of our time. My promo videos, it is barely me. It is 90% of the footage of any video that we use is my students. So I love showing off my students more so than me talking about how great my program is. I love that. And so many just great tips through this whole podcast episode. So Tiffany, we're going to wrap this up with some rapid fire questions. It doesn't have to be the first word, but kind of the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. What is your favorite part of your business? People, the people in the community and the connections. Love it. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh, so much. But I think it's to keep your circle, your inner circle tight. Most people have great intentions, but uh, don't go into partnerships. I've, <laughs> I've never seen a good one. I mean, I've never seen one depart on good terms. And yeah, to keep your inner, inner, inner circle super tight and small. I love that. I always talk about building deep relationships instead of wide. And I think yes. that's the same concept. And, and it yes, takes time. 
From someone <laughs> who went to law school, I always cringe when people are like, <laughs> I'm starting a partnership and I'm like, oh, I know how this is going to play out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, what choices has your business opened up for you? Oh, um, it's the reason why I really started my business was I got really sick right before I turned 40. And at the time I didn't know what was happening, but everything just stopped working. And I had a complete autoimmune meltdown. And that was when I realized I could no longer work 12, 15, 18 hour days on set, even though I loved it so much, I had to create more options. My business, my digital business In addition to all the amazing relationships with people from all over the world that I would have never come across because they don't live anywhere near me, starting with just a few and then a few dozen and then hundreds and now thousands, over 3,400 students that I've had the great honor, pleasure, and privilege to work with, I've been able to create my schedule the way that I want it. I'm able to take care of myself physically, mentally. I'm able to sleep in when I need to. I'm able to literally be the master of my calendar. And to me, that is the definition of success. And everyone has their own definition of success. But when I pinpointed why I wanted to start this business, and I didn't start with a crazy lofty why, but it's been solidified the longer I do this. Because there are moments where I'm like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go and go back to what I was doing because this is hard or I'm having a really bad day or part of the funnel broke or you know the ads just all bombed. And we have those moments where we question why the heck we're doing this. And then I remember why the heck I'm doing this. Oh, I love that. And I think that also on this... Just having that backup plan, because as many of us saw in 2020, like anything can happen. It can yes. be a <laughs> pandemic, it can be an illness, it could be just like you need a change. And so having like, what can we create in our business that gives us more stability, whether that's a side hustle as a freelancer, a course, whatever that is, just having that like backup plan, because you never know when that backup plan will become your main plan. And so Tiffany, this has been so great. Thank you so much for just being so open and transparent with my audience and me. And I just love chatting with you. And I feel like this conversation has been full circle since it has been like 18 months ago. I think that I listened, heard you on James's podcast and now you're on my podcast. So this is so cool. So thank you for being here. And where can my audience connect with you? I am Coach Glitter everywhere. So Instagram and Facebook. Facebook's my number one platform. Instagram is a close second. And right now, at least for the time being, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I am most likely also on Clubhouse. Love it. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, y'all. How good was that? Tiffany was just like sitting down for a cup of coffee and chatting with a good friend and dropping so much knowledge. Like, oh my gosh. And the fact that y'all got to listen in on it is so fun. Here's what I know. Building relationships is so important. Getting on live video is important. And you will make mistakes along the way. And remember, if you're ready to start doing live video, start with the hook, tell the people what it's about, Introduce yourself very quickly and give three simple bullet points. Don't worry about the tech. Show up as you are and just know that the more you do it, the better you'll get. I'm super excited for y'all to go connect with Tiffany. Let her know your biggest takeaways. Let her know your ahas and any action items you're taking away from this episode. 
Until next week, y'all, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into that six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.